Hello, hello, hello. How's everybody doing today, this afternoon? Trusting hopefully everybody had a good week and is looking forward to another great week. Welcome, welcome, once again, welcome to Political Talk, the podcast where we focus on things that the media is not talking about. And we try to look at things that maybe they are talking about it, but we we do it in a way where you're thinking about it, but the military is not saying it, but we're saying it. And that's why I love this podcast. Ladies and gentlemen, when I was a little kid, when I was a little kid, I would go to websites like um, Dell back when I was little. Uh, Gateway was a very big computer. Um, I'd go to car websites and I would build a car, I would build a computer, and I would add all the whistles in it. And at the end of it, I'd look at the price, but I would like, man, I have all these great things. Ladies and gentlemen, I give you a piece of paper. Will you write down for me the perfect way to leave Afghanistan? Just, 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 just tell me. I want you to write down how you would do it. I want you to tell me how you would prevent things from happening. And I want you to write it down and tell me where your plan would be better than the plan that had been executed. Don't get me wrong. Did Joe Biden fuck up? Yes, he did. Could the withdrawal have been better? Yes, it could have been. Should he have listened to his military advisors? Yes. But like I said last episode, I think Joe Biden had these, you know, these these blinders on. I think he was so dead set on getting out of Afghanistan that he did not bother to look at everything. Just sometimes you just got to take a step back. Imagine here's a man that during the Obama administration, when he was VP, told Obama that the war was bad and that we needed to leave. But of course, him being the vice president, you know, the last word is going to be the president. And I think him coming in as president, he always had this mindset to get out of Afghanistan. And there's nothing wrong with that. After 20 years, $1 trillion spent there, it was time to leave. I personally think we should have stayed some residual forces. I think you keep them in the region, you keep the region stabilized, and you know you, you prop up a government, as you could see, fell and folded faster than I don't know what. But I think he just had blinders on. You know, he didn't keep the base open. And there's many questions to say, why didn't you keep Broadroom Air Base open? What was the point of closing down the base? Why did you not get the people out? You know? But when you go back, and I've had these conversations the last couple days with with people, um, the State Department warned people. The State Department warned people far back as April, you know, February. Told them to get out, told them it was unsafe. Imagine you're a civilian in Afghanistan. The United States has just negotiated a deal. It's 2020. And they're leaving in 2021. Why the fuck did you not leave? But it's Joe Biden's fault? Because now he has to come save you? 
That's like me telling you that there's a fire coming. In California, your house is going to be on fire soon, and you wait to the last minute. Now you need the firefighters to go in there and save you. That doesn't make, make it right. We shouldn't leave anybody behind. But the questions I have to ask those people, why did you stay? Why? You know, one person said, I heard one person say, you know, they were contractors. They make more money than people going to save them, and that's true. But I would look at the sense, if I was a contractor, why am I going to stay? The United States is leaving. My protection is leaving. Everybody knew that the Afghan government was corrupt and was not as strong as we were led to believe. You know, we'd have to look at the generals and the people and the military. And for so long, they were telling us this, that this war was going good. I heard one reporter say this week that it was about numbers. It wasn't about quality in the training. They were just rushing them through so they could throw numbers at people. Donald Rumsfeld knew that the war was lost at the beginning of it, back in 06, 07. But yet we stayed. Obama ramped up the war. Donald Trump sat with the Taliban and gave them legitimacy. Yet we put the blame at Biden. And there is blame to be there. There is blame to go around. But you cannot skip over the last three and focus on Biden. So on that paper, <coughs> on that paper that you write, I want you to tell me what you would do differently. Number one, I wouldn't leave. I would leave 20,000 troops in the country. I would sit down with the Taliban. Yes, I would sit down with them and say, we're staying. You can rule with us or you can sit on the sidelines. The Afghan government was weak. You forced them to the table and you forced them with the Taliban. And you mediate, but you stay. You stabilize the country. We can look at Afghanistan and we say we should have left. Yeah. But we also have to look at, why are we in these other countries? Why are we in Japan? Why are we in Korea? Why are we in Germany? We're there for reasons. So if something happens in the world, we can get to it right away. Balgram's Air Force Base puts us in a very ideal location if shit pops off in the world. We know we have a base in Djibouti. Ladies and gentlemen, I've heard so many people say this week that if Donald Trump, this would never have happened under Donald Trump. This never would have happened under Donald Trump. Maybe you're right, but maybe you're wrong. I paid attention to the Trump administration. January 20, 2017 to January uh, <laughs> to January 20th. 2021, I watch the administration. And I'll be honest, I don't think this administration would have done well. I think people romanticize it. 
Donald Trump was a con artist. He painted a picture. He made you think things that weren't there. But you thought it. And that's what makes him great in the entertainment aspect because he can sell you something and you can buy it. Donald Joe Biden didn't sell us sell us anything. He said this is how it is. War is messy. Leaving is messy. But the question we would ask Joe Biden and I would ask Joe Biden, did it have to be this messy? Everybody online is pointing the finger. You fucked up. You fucked up. But ladies and gentlemen, you cannot say he fucked up without looking at the last three. George Bush was offered a deal on the table. The Taliban said all we ask is that you let us leave with some dignity. You monitor our leader, but give us that and we will walk away. He turned it down. The Afghan government at the time wanted the dignity. They wanted to negotiate. But they turned it down. Obama came in and said Iraq was the wrong war and Afghanistan was the right war. He ramped it up. But he knew. He saw the intelligence on the ground. But what did he tell us? What did he sell us? He sold us a bag of failed goods. Donald Trump comes in and has the foresight to know that the war is failing, that we must leave. America cannot continue to be in these everlasting combat, these wars. What did Eisenhower tell us? The military complex. It's a racket. You set up shop in a country and everybody's getting paid. We got to keep the gravy train going. So when Joe Biden sat at the table, what did he probably hear? We have to stay there. We have to stay there. You know why? Because they were all getting something in their fucking pockets. They weren't thinking about the American people. They were thinking about their donors. They were thinking about those contractors. They were spending America money and not thinking about us. One trillion dollars. What do we have to show for it? One trillion dollars. What do we have to show for it? You put the anus on Joe Biden. There's talk of impeachment because it botched so well. We're going to impeach a president over a decision that many presidents have made. 13 service members, God rest their souls, lost their lives. Thirteen service members lost their lives. Babies, children, 
they were all born around September 11th. Imagine that. Imagine being born during that time period, having to go to the war where it all started and losing your life over it. Thank. We must impeach the president because of what he did and did not do. Do you know I saw something online where they blamed Obama? I thought to myself, so you're skipping Trump and you're blaming Obama? Ladies and gentlemen, if we're going to blame Biden, we have to blame the last three. Donald Trump had the foresight. He knew what was happening. He released 5,000 Taliban fighters. The leader of the Taliban, Donald Trump, released from Gitmo. We cannot look at Joe Biden's failures without saying the last three presidents had something to do with it. Because if we go down this path, if we go down this path right now, we shall never return. The bar for impeachment should be high. But because you are mad and you see political points being able to be put on the table or on the board, you call for impeachment. Yes, we need investigations. We need to know what happened. We need to know, did Joe Biden, was he asleep at the switch? What advice was he given? Did they say keep the base open or did they say close it? Why did he not listen? Was there talk of staying? Was there talk of going? What was the insight in that room? People must talk. But if we talk to those people, we also must ask Donald Trump's administration, why did you cut the deal? Republicans who are talking now had no problem back then. They all applauded what, Joe, uh, what Donald Trump was doing. It was time to leave. After 20 years, he was keeping his promise. He was getting out of America's longest war. He was negotiating with the Taliban in good faith. And Republicans applauded. Republicans were silent. No one said a damn thing. But this wouldn't have happened under Trump's watch. No, 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 no. Ladies and gentlemen, let me tell you this, you're romanticizing it. You have brought in to something that is not there and something that will never be there. Was Donald Trump a good president? In a way, he could have been. His foreign policy was something yet to be desired. I would even give him a D when it came to foreign policy. Would have it happened under Donald Trump? It would have happened. But it would have something else would have happened that we wouldn't have seen. And the people who are blaming 
Joe Biden would be the same people defending Donald Trump. My friend said, when Donald Trump was elected, I didn't like it. I didn't like it. But one day he told me I was at work and I was thinking and I said to myself, if this was Obama, if this was Obama, would I be fighting tooth and nail defending him? And that's when he told me he had the epiphany to realize where he had gone wrong. And he said, that's when I stopped being a Democrat and started thinking more like an independent. Ladies and gentlemen, do you have that paper? Do you have that paper? Can you tell me what that paper says? I mean, you have all the answers. We're all foreign experts on Afghanistan. My God, we've been paying attention the last four 20 years. We took our eyes off Afghanistan because it didn't matter to us. We didn't care about Afghanistan as bad as we didn't care about Iraq. Some would say Afghanistan was lost the moment we took our eyes off the ball and we went to Iraq. Some would say Afghanistan was lost when we didn't take the deal that was offered to George Bush. Some would say Afghanistan was a lost cause long before we entered that country. I've heard people say that Afghanistan, unlike Iraq, people see themselves as Iraqis. So they're willing to fight for their country. In Afghanistan, there's too many tribes. There's too many individualism. They don't think like a team. They don't think like a country. It's me, not us. It's me, not us. Yet we look at Joe Biden and say we could do better. We say our pro his predecessor could have did better. But we don't look. We don't know. Or we choose not to know. My paper says leave 20,000 troops in the country. Sit down with the Taliban and the Afghan government and negotiate a three-way peace deal. Keep the base open. Possibly open two more bases. Root out all terrorist activity in the country. You know, I, 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 one thing I've been thinking about, and I, and I say this a lot with peace reform, I say this a lot with a lot of things, you know, and, and, and what America should have done is truly gone to all these tribes across the country and said, what do you want? What's going to make you happy and truly view yourself as one with the country? Can you imagine had we did that? Can you imagine had we actually truly did some diplomacy? You know, after we pushed the Taliban out, 
and it was just us. We actually went to those places before we propped up a government. We got buy-in from all the tribes. I, I feel like we didn't do that. I feel like we never wanted to do that. I feel like that's where America goes wrong. I think America goes wrong because we're so dead set on thinking that everybody wants what we want. Democracy. I think in a way they do, but maybe their democracy is way different than ours. And had we just taken the time to sit down with these tribes and then sat down with everybody and said, what did tribe A say? What did tribe C say? What did tribe B want? Once we got the buy-in, we executed. We did what needed to be done. Can you imagine had George Bush took, let, took that deal? Can you imagine? That would be the feather in his cap in his presidential library. Here was a president that did something that the United Kingdom couldn't do, that Russia couldn't do. The United States did it. We let them leave with dignity. We negotiated, a, we got buy-in from all the tribes. Afghanistan is truly a country of one. Yet we did not. Do you have that paper? Does your paper say you would have released 5,000 Taliban? Does your, does your paper say you would have released um, the, the leader of the Taliban from Gitmo? Oh, your paper doesn't say that. No. We, 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 we look at the war and we accuse Joe Biden because he's trusting the Taliban. How can he trust the Taliban? He's giving them names. He's saying these are Americans' names. He's basically putting, <laughs> he's basically putting bullseyes on the backs of their heads. Yet, we had no problem with Donald Trump, Pompeo, sitting down with the Taliban and trusting them. Here was a guy that wanted to invite the Taliban to Camp David, yet he got so much pushback that he canceled. The same people who are criticizing this president right now from the last administration were the same ones hailing what Trump did. Soon as Afghanistan started to go sideways for Joe Biden, the RNC deleted their celebration of Joe, ba I mean Donald Trump's deal with the Taliban. Oh, they they, they quickly got an amnesia. Oh, it didn't happen under our watch. People applauded it, but they quickly backed away from it. Even Donald Trump has backed away from. You cannot blame Joe Biden without blaming the last three. And if you choose to blame Joe Biden without doing that, you are not genuine, 
And you are the reason that people hate politics. You are the reason that politics has become this, this culture of, I have to own somebody. It's just nasty. It's like putting on nasty underwear that you haven't washed. We have to come together. You know, I, I sit and I think, God forbid we were to have another September 11th. People would be ready to hang Joe Biden up by his head. They would hang him. They would hang him. You know, we had 9-11 20 years ago. Democrats and Republicans did something unheard of. They came together. He is our commander in chief. And we have to be one at this moment. This isn't about left. This isn't about right. This is about America. So, Mr. President, whatever you need, whatever you need, you might be a Republican and I might be a Democrat. But whatever you need right now, Mr. President, you let us know. There would not be goodwill in this country. We have let the fringes of each party speak for us. We have let them dictate the conversation. We have let them write the piece of paper and say, no, 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 Mark, this is the computer you need to build. No, 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 Mark, this is the car you need to build. No, 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 Joe Biden. This, this is the withdrawal policy you need to have. Why can't it be about America? Where are the independents? Where are the moderates? Have we pushed them out to focus on the fringe? We, we right now, the people who are on the right who are amping this up, we think they care. No, it's about politics. They could give two shits about the situation because they did not speak up to Donald Trump when he was cutting this deal. They did not care about the deal. They applauded him. They loved it. He was a man that was going to invite the Taliban to Camp David. But he changed his mind when he got some pushback because they said even some things we cannot do. 13 service members lost their lives. Babies. 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 People that were children when the war started, born when the war started, have now died in war. There's a saying that goes, old people start wars and young people die. Old people start wars and young people die. When I was seeing that the other day, I said to myself, that statement holds true. That statement holds true. And it's sad. Lance Corporal David L. Espinoza, 20. Marine Sergeant Nicole L. Green, 23. 
Staff Sergeant Darren T. Hoover, 31. Staff Sergeant Ryan C. Knauss, 23. Corporal Hunter Lopez, 22. Lance Corporal Ryan J. McCullum, 20. Lance Corporal Dylan R. Merlot, 20. Lance Corporal Kareem M. Nakagal, 20. Sergeant Johnny Rosa, Rosa, 25. Corporal Roberto A. Sanchez, 22. Lance Corporal Jared M. Smiths, 20. Naval Corpsman Maxim W. Sovic, 22. Corporal Deegan W. Page, 23. Babies. So much life yet to live. As a person who served, it's sad. As a person who did three deployments, in the back of your mind, that always flashes. That could happen. But you pray it doesn't. Thirteen service members lost their life. It's never a good day. It is never a good day. But as a person who serves, we all know the risk. When we raise our hand, we know what could. We know what could happen. We know there's a chance we might not come home. Is that me justifying the 13 deaths? No. But that is the reality that every service member faces. I was in the Navy. They were the Marines. Their life was more at risk than mine, I would think. But there were a couple close calls I had. When you raise your hand and you take the oath, you know the risk. When you, you go on deployment, you know the risk. I'm not justifying the deaths. Losing any service member to war that people knew was lost a long time ago is sad. But we know the risk. We're willing to pay the cost. There's a saying every Veterans Day that I hear and I read. It says, a veteran is somebody who wrote a blank check with payment up to their life. These 13 service members wrote America a blank check. Should we impeach a president over it? 
Is this the course of action we have now let happen? Should we impeach a president over a decision he made that was tough? And if we do, if this is the the line for impeachment, are we just now opening up Republicans to the same faith? I, I, I think Republicans quickly don't realize that the things you're cheering today could affect you tomorrow. And if that was the case, Donald Trump would have been gone. Do you know in his first first year in office, we lost 33 military service personnel. He was the president his first year. Should we get rid of him? Should we have impeached him? Should we have started the process right then and there because we did not like the decisions that he made? No! Presidents make hard choices. Service members follow out those choices, and sometimes it costs you your life. Now, I'm not downplaying those 13 deaths. I wouldn't do that. But people have to realize and have to stop playing politics. One of the service members that died, their family's blaming Joe Biden. I feel your pain. But blaming the president is not going to bring your child back. I might get I might get hate for that one. I feel your pain. And trust me, it sucks. It fucking sucks. We were leaving. One guy was about to be a father for the first time. For the first time. Could you imagine that? You're about to be a dad. Now his child has to wake up and hear stories about his dad. When you accuse the president and you say he's at fault, you are playing into the political hands and you're taking the focus off your loved one and you're putting the focus on you. You're further adding to the divide of this country and not bringing us together. I, 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 I'm... Afghanistan, look, look online, look, you'll see. We are headed down a path in this country that if we do not pull the plane up, if we do not step back from the cliff, we will be lost. We're allowing the fringes of both parties to speak, and it should not be so. I'm not downplaying the 13 souls we lost. I'm not downplaying the 33 souls we lost 
2017. As a service member, you know the risks. You're willing to pay the cost. You're willing to do what is right for this country at all costs because you believe in the sanctity of it. You believe in freedom and what it stands for. You're willing to write that check. You're willing to look America in the eyes. Lady Liberty and say, if it costs me my life so others may be free, cash the check. I am willing to pay the price. I am I've made peace with this decision. I feel for that 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 parent. I, I I couldn't imagine losing a child. I can't. Would I be angry? Would I want to blame the president? He made the decision. Wasn't he warned? Didn't he get good advice? The war was over. We were leaving. People were. <laughs> There's a girl on there. She's holding a baby. And it's getting a lot of um it's it's getting a lot of uh positive spoke on um online. But she was doing what she loved. She was taking care of these babies. And she loved that. Sergeant Nicole L. Green. She was loving what she was doing. She said, I love my job. Posted a photo on Instagram. Just days before her death. Another caption she posted she was by a plane, she said, escorting evacuees onto the bird. These people knew what they were doing was more important than them. I'm not downplaying the 13 souls we lost. I'm only saying they knew the cost. Leaving, and I and I will, some aspects I will look at Joe Biden and I will say I will agree with him. It can be messy. It can be very messy. But the question we have to ask is how messy does it have to be? And, and I think when we have our investigations, we will look back at this. And we will realize that Joe Biden made some missteps. Our military leaders made missteps. But guess what? Nobody's perfect.
Donald Trump made missteps. Obama made missteps. George Bush made missteps. I'm sure that when he saw the offer on the Afghan, the table, I'm sure there were people in the room who said, let's take it. Let's take the deal. Let's end the war. But I'm sure there were some people at the table who said, fuck no. Let's not take the deal. The only dignity they need is to be in a box. And so when you make decisions like that, it let us here. There's, there's a saying that I've learned because I'm a little hard-headed. What you do today will affect you tomorrow. And the decision not to take the deal and end the war early, it affected us today. Donald Trump had the foresight. Joe Biden just had to carry it out. Ladies and gentlemen, are you done with that paper? Have you finished the perfect withdrawal plan? May I see it? I'm, I'm, I'm sure it doesn't include the 13 that we lost. I'm, I'm sure that your plan says we should stay at the base. I'm sure your plan does not account for ISIS-K. <coughs> I'm sure your plan is just perfect. I'm sure it is. In life, you have to count for many variables. I think Joe Biden didn't count for some. I think he counted for some, but he didn't count for others. We we say that it would have gone better under Donald Trump, and I and I and I push back off that. Ladies and gentlemen, nothing is perfect in life. Nothing is perfect in life. But it's not about being perfect. It's only about executing. And I'll be honest, and I'll be the first one to say we didn't execute. We didn't execute perfectly. We didn't account for variables. Joe Biden was so dead set on getting out that he did not take a second to look back at the big picture. And it cost lives. And I think he has to answer for that. But do I think we impeach him? No. I think impeaching him over this sets the bar so low for impeachment that allows the next Republican president to come in who has a mistake like this allows us to call for his head too. And I think that is wrong. One aspect of the military that we've, we've learned in the last couple of days is, and the one thing I know, um, a military is a unit. We're not a, it's not an organization of I. It's an organization of we, team. So, you know, in America, when you speak out, no, you speak out at your job. You don't, you don't like what's going on. You speak out about your boss. You have every right. The military, you cannot do that. A couple days ago, I think it was like yesterday or the day before, there was a Marine Battalion commander, Lieutenant Commander Stu Scheller. Fed up with the way things are going on, posted a video. 
said his piece. 17 years in, he was putting it all on the table. He called out his bosses, he called out everybody. This guy was a leader. He led a battalion. He had people under him looking at him. And he put it all on the line, and guess what? He lost his battalion. He had to step down. Possibly this guy will be forced to resign. And you might say there are many people saying, no, no, it's, it's a Democrat thing. You know, Joe Biden doesn't like criticism. No. In the video, he said, I would have done the same thing, too, when he, po he, he commented on the video he posted. Officers know better. Officers know that their job is to carry out the mission. You don't have to like the orders you are given, but you carry it out. It's a unit, not people who are individual. And, and I think Mr. Schiller forgot that. The first thing I thought of when I, I watched the video, I was, I was like, you know, I, I applaud the guy. I applaud him. He did not agree with the way things are going. He thinks it was fucked up. Okay. But then I said to myself, here's a guy, 17 years in the military. 17 years. Three, year, three years left to go. He just threw it all down the drain. So in the context, I want to say this. That's like when you hear someone who's worked at a factory for 27 years about to get their pension. Instead of a company paying them, they fire them. So they don't have to pay the pension. They save the money. And we all look at the, read those stories and we say, well, that's fucked up. Here's a guy that dedicated his whole life to that factory, about to get his pension, and they turned their back on him. Lieutenant Commander Scheller basically is that guy in the warehouse. The late nights, the early mornings, the sacrifices, time away from your family. All for nothing. I said to myself, I applaud him. Yes, where's the accountability? But guess what? He's a fa he's probably a father. Probably have a wife. Probably has got kids. What about them? You might say, well, Mark, what about his dignity? How could he sleep at night? Yes, how could he? But you cannot pay the rent off dignity. You cannot feed your children off dignity. And as bad as we want to applaud this guy and say he did the right thing and he's calling out the president, we also have to wonder, did he think of the big picture? Did he truly think? Could you imagine if he went to one of his buddies and said, I'm thinking about posting this video. I'm just pissed off. I don't like the way things have we've been handled. And the other, his buddy said, yeah, yeah, man, it's been fucked up. And we were, we, we, this has just been botched. And he said, I'm thinking about posting this video. 
And so he invites his buddy back, and his buddy sees the video, and his buddy probably looks at him and says, um, man, you know if you post this, what you're facing, right? You're putting it all on the table for what? For what? We might say at this time he needed to stand. He needed to stand tall at this moment. Let us know how angry he was. But the question is, there will be another. There will be another decision. There will be another president who will come along while this guy is in the service. Is he going to come out then? You risked it. Seventeen years. I remember when I was in Admiral Fallon. Admiral Fallon did not like the way the war was going under George Bush. The guy was over uh, a big command in Florida. He said his peace. CNN posted it. He lost his job. I participated in that guy's. I participated. I was a flag, um, a side boy, in the guy's retirement. In the military, you do not get to speak out, especially if you're an officer. The difference between the lieutenant commander and the admiral is, the admiral had already put his time in, and could have a nice retirement. Lieutenant Schiller is basically a walking away with nothing. So he was quickly to post another video, which I did not watch, but it goes into perspective that he knows, and now he's trying to get some clout. And I think when it's all said and done, we're going to look at it and say, this guy's, oh, he's running for office. That was always the plan. He was setting himself up. And it looks like that's what he is trying to do. So for all the pushback of people saying that this guy's a hero, you know, Joe Biden is wrong for doing this, it's the Democrat way, I want you to know that in the military, you just don't. You follow orders. You vent in private, and in public you do your job, because guess what? Officers work at the pleasure of the president. They don't got a contract. Enlisted people, we have a contract. Officers don't. And they can quickly be relieved of their duty. Think about it. If this guy did not like the way things were going, step away from your command. Step down. Resign right there on the spot. But then we always say, well, Mark, it doesn't have that much impact if he does it then it has more impact when you put it all on the line and in some aspects i agree because it shows us that you're willing to sacrifice something you were willing to put your cards on the table and show us that you were legit but when it comes to the military 17 years in i say to myself was it really worth it I mean, the admiral had time in. He was taken care of. He was looking at a nice retirement, pension, benefits. Lieutenant Scheller, none of that. How do you feed your family? Where are their benefits at? 
They don't last forever. They run out. I honestly think if this guy had slept on it, had truly thought about it, he might not have made this decision. Would you have made the decision? Would you? The biggest thing I will say that I will add that this week is coming. 15 million people are about to be homeless. I said it before. I thought the motorium, the, 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 the rent, people who couldn't pay the rent was on hold. I thought that was a good thing. But I thought that we shouldn't have let it continue. I, what's going on now? I knew it was going to happen. We were just creating a backlog because if you couldn't pay your rent in January, how can you pay your rent today? I think the biggest thing that we should have done is gone to the gone um, allowed. The biggest thing we could have done is allowed these landlords to put their money on the back end. The people and, and in that aspect, either that or give them a tax break to truly benefit them. Give the banks a tax break. I think, you know, I think they set aside $42 billion for people who were struggling. If you were a landlord and you're old money and your guy's not paying, why aren't you going after that money? Think about it. Why? Oh, it's too hard. Too much red tape. Yes, everything in America is hard and it's full of red tape. Nothing's easy. That's what makes it America. We want it to be hard for some damn reason. I mean, I've heard that some states have got it right and some states have not. I think the biggest thing that we failed to do with this bill was we didn't have a czar. We didn't put someone over, over the bill to make sure that we were following through with certain things. We, we didn't set up a website and said, here is the paperwork for people who are behind on their rent who need rental assistance. Along with that rental assistance, we didn't say, okay, you can't pay your rent. Have you found a job? Are you back at working? Okay, you're back working. Or you haven't found a job? Guess what? We're going to help you get another job just as good as your last. Ladies and gentlemen, we did not do the things that I feel like we could have done. But I also feel like landlords are not doing the things they should do. They're kicking people out soon. They're crying because they can't pay their rent. Cut them a tax break. Forgive the debt. Have the banks forgive the landlords that, that they're owed. Do the small things that we have not done that it looks like we're not willing to do. It just takes a minute and a second. A mother with children, I read, can't pay her rent, it's about to be kicked out. A landlord living in his car because he has not been paid. Well, she has she has not been paid. Uh, Air Force fan. And I'm sure there were some people in these apartments who were gaming the fucking system. There always are. 
But if I'm a landlord and you're owed, you owe me money, and there's a program that says I can get that money, I'm calling my lawyer. I'm saying, let's get the ball rolling. And I'm going to get the paperwork. And if I need my tenants to sign paperwork, I'm showing up at their door. And I'm saying, I know you can't pay. But the government set aside $42 billion to help you out. So guess what? I'm tapping into that $42 billion to cover your rent, to forgive you so you can stay here and live. So there's always two sides to the coin, but we don't want to see it. We, we feel for the landlord, but we have, we, we have to ask ourselves, why have not you done the paperwork that you need to do to get your money? And we also must ask the, uh, the people who are living rent-free, why have you not done the things you need to do to pay your rent? And it is so true. Why have you not paid your rent? Why haven't you not made an attempt to pay your rent? I mean, if I couldn't pay my rent in January and I was owed, I owed somebody that money, I would be fighting like tooth and nail to get another job. I would talk to my landlord, work out a payment plan. Give them something. Find the paperwork and start the process on your own. Tell your landlord, there's $42 billion left aside. Let's do this. Ladies and gentlemen, I knew this was coming. The rent moratorium was a good idea. By all hands down, it was a great idea. It truly was going to help people who could not pay their rent. It was going to help them. But I knew that if we kept it going, we're just adding. And, and the squad, the progressive left, says we should just keep it going. Fight it. Where are the votes? You don't have the votes. I think the fringes in the House think we can just make things happen. We cannot. If you do not have the votes, how can you keep this going? Some say it would have kept going until, um, I think I heard December. It was extended in October. Ladies and gentlemen, if you do not have the votes, you cannot keep it going. This week has been sad, very sad. Rent moratorium is ending. The right is celebrating because the Supreme Court pushed back and said Joe Biden does not have the right. Afghanistan has turned into a shit show. 13 lives lost. We need answers. Someone has to pay. And impeaching a president over this is not justified. Lieutenant Commander Scheller, speaking out of ignorance, just cost his family or put their livelihood at risk.
These are the things we have to think about. Maybe we don't want to. Everybody, once again, I'm back. Have a good night. It's been a pleasure. Thank you.